see God. It's good to be at revival. I said it's good to be at revival. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. He's worthy of all the praise. I said he's worthy of all the praise. And we give him glory tonight. And we bless him tonight. We honor him tonight. You might as well give him some more praise. You might as well give him some more glory. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Anybody believe in miracles? How many know that he's still working miracles? And we're just crazy enough to believe that there's not one sickness, that there's not one disease, that there's not one malfunction that Jesus hasn't already healed. Hallelujah. Himself took our infirmities and he bore our sickness 2,000 years ago. Christ the healer. He's still today healing, delivering, and setting us free. You don't need to leave this revival bound. Come on, somebody. You don't have to leave here sick. He's healing right now. Right in the midst of praise and worship, the healing power of God begins to flow. Come on, somebody. If you need a miracle tonight, receive it right now in Jesus' name. I receive it from the top of my head to the sole of my feet because he's a miracle worker hallelujah thank you Jesus you're touching all throughout the sanctuary you're touching bodies tonight even areas that they've spoken to no one about Jesus you know you know Christ the healer is in the midst of us today you are great and you do miracles and for that we give you praise and for that, we give you worship. Hallelujah. Come on, lift those hands towards the heavens. Say, fill me up, Lord. I am your cup. Fill me up. I've come to revival for a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. Now shout the victory tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. Come on, praise him. There is no one else like you. Say you are great. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. Come on, worship him. For you 
There is no one else like you. We worship you. There is no one else like you. He's worthy in this place. Hallelujah. Father, you are great tonight. And truly, you do miracles. We thank you, Father, for another time in your presence. For we'll never have this time again. So we savor this moment. These divine encounters, these supernatural happenings, where born-again believers gather in the spirit of praise and worship and glory. And we come seeking you, Father, for fresh outpourings. For your word declares that your glory shall cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. We are in earnest expectation and anticipation for the moves of God. For that which you have promised us, we stand waiting in your presence. We wait on the glory. We wait on the rain. We wait for the cloud. We wait for the fire of God. Now fresh anointing, fall fresh upon these your people. Oh glory to God. Find every dry place, every dead place, every backslidden place. And move by your glory. Touch the way that only you can touch. We look to you and you alone. Our eyes upon you, Jesus. We turn our eyes upon you, Jesus. We worship you in spirit and in truth. And for that, we give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. amen. Say amen again. Amen. We bless the Lord for our being here tonight. We thank God for the tabernacle of praise and for all this vision represents and for the hunger that's in this house, for the prayers that have gone forth, for the speaking out, the claiming, the believing God. We agree with you tonight. Hallelujah. We praise God for anointed ministries that carry the presence of God, that aren't afraid to express the measures of God. Hallelujah fullness of the Spirit of God. We praise God for this place. Hallelujah. We thank God for the Honorable Bishop. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Honorable Bishop. We honor his presence tonight. Glory to God. Man of God. A man of vision. A man of wisdom. A spiritual father in the kingdom. A missionary. An international laborer. We give God praise for the bishop. Long live the bishop. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We speak life, wealth, health, and prosperity over his life in Jesus' name. Glory to God. And for the precious sweet flower that graces his side for all oh so many years. Hallelujah. Alongside every good man is an even gooder woman. Say amen, somebody. Give God a shout of praise for First Lady Jackson. Praise God. I'm honored to be here. I submit myself to this work and to this assignment as the bishop invited me to speak, and I'm so honored when we get to do anything in the house of the Lord. 
And when the Father releases us to do so, it is a blessing. Hallelujah. So we are here tonight for night number two of what we have coined the, the Academy of His Glory, of the Holy Spirit. I have one called the Academy of His Glory. You got to call for that one, too. That's a good school, too. I have a bunch of academies. That's just what I do. The Holy Spirit wakes me up for, for many years, two, three, four in the morning, and I just start writing. It just comes out like water. It, without even, even thinking, I just start writing, 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 writing curriculum and classes and schools and all those things. And so I have the Academy of His Glory, the Academy of the Holy Spirit, the School of Prayer, the School of Christ, the School of Healing, and so many things. You know, there is an inexhaustible glory. It's inexhaustible. We never run out. I never have a benediction. I just stop preaching. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a well that never runs dry. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. This glory, this doxa, this kabod. Hallelujah. That we all need. And so the Lord calls revivals. And I'm glad he did. Because we need to be revived. We need to be awakened. We need to be shaken from our complacencies. From our compromise. Revival happens. The altars are flooded. Hallelujah. The prayer room is filled. Our services have no seat. There's standing room only. We're calling for a Holy Ghost revival. And it's not just filled with people that want to get out in 45 minutes. Come on, somebody. It's filled with the hungry. It's filled with the thirsty. Come! Ye who are hungry, come! Ye who are thirsty, glory to God. Because if you hunger and thirst after righteousness... He said, I promise to fill you. He's looking for greedy people. Come on, somebody. We just want more of them. We just never get enough. We just never run out. Come on, somebody. We say, pour it on, Lord. Somebody say, more, Lord. Say, more, Lord. More, more, more. Pour it on me, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revival. Revival. I told the church last night, my son that's on the guitar, the baby boy, 21 years ago when I was carrying him, I just couldn't get enough. You can still do a little, isn't it? Do a little, do a yeah, 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 I like all that. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Mm. So about 21 years ago, because I was carrying him, I just had an insatiable hunger for revival. I just started reading. And studying, I bought all these videos. Back then we had VHS. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we, don't have, we don't even have DVDs hardly anymore. We got Netflix. Come on, somebody, right? We had Blockbuster, you know, VHS and all that, right? Back in the day. So I bought the whole series on revival. It was about 20 VHS, about an hour and a half long each. And I would just sit and feast Big and pregnant and greedy, eating up everything. I was eating natural food and spiritual food too. Come on, somebody. 
I didn't get no natural food. I got an attitude. After church, I was wrecked to go. I ain't talking to nobody. Get me to the buffet or somebody. Hallelujah. But there was a hunger. But then I recall being in a service where the preacher said, cry out for it. He said, say, Lord, make me hungry. Somebody say, Lord, make me hungry. Say, Lord, make me hungry. Lord, make me hungry. Make me hungry. Make me hungry. You started crying out, Lord, make me hungry. And then the hunger fell upon my life. If you ask for hunger, God will make you hungry. Revival is to shake you up. Come on, get you back on fire for God. It's not just a series of services. God comes to do a work in your spirit. It's a waste of time. If it's not anything happening in you, but you just hunger and thirst, say, Lord, make me hungry. Say, Lord, make me hungry. Say, Lord, make me hungry. Make me hungry. Make me hungry. Make me hungry. So I recall that prayer. And all of a sudden, I'm carrying this child, and I'm just hungry. Couldn't get enough. I mean, I studied every revival that I could find through historians. And I found some things, Bishop, that was consistent with every move of God. Whether it was in Africa, or it was over in Sweden, or on the Hebrides Islands, there was a consistent pattern for the move of God. Hallelujah. And so this is why we're in the academy. It was centered around the Holy Spirit. They all were centered around the Holy Ghost. Come on, some, even if they didn't even know what they had. Some didn't even know they had the Holy Ghost. But they just yielded to the Spirit of God. And so when revival happens, there are some things, some elements that we must cry out for. There are some things that we must yield to. And I know in the church world and church culture, when the term revival is used, we think, okay, we're going to have our usher board revival. We're going to have our trustee revival. We're going to have our women's revival. Come on, y'all know how we do. Be in church every week, all month, all year long. Everybody got a revival. And then everybody got an anniversary too. See, that's not what I'm talking about. And it's fine to do services and call it a revival. But when the bishop called revival, I knew what he was talking about. He wanted a work to be done, a core work, a root work to be done. And that's what the Holy Ghost has assigned us to do for these few nights. Hallelujah. God, do a work. Say, Lord, make me hungry. Make me hungry. Say, make me desperate for you, Jesus. So back in 1906, on a street called Azusa in Los Angeles, there were a group of hungry believers. Hallelujah. Now, I don't trust every historian when they capture and tell the story of Azusa. Because many try to put the credit where it does not belong. But there was an African-American man by the name of William J. Seymour. And the thing that was significant about him was that he was hungry. Somebody say, make me hungry. Say, Lord, make me hungry. He was hungry. He was hungry for the Holy Ghost. He was hungry for the move of God. So he began to seek God. 
for that Holy Ghost. So if there's going to be true revival, it must be centered upon the Holy Ghost. If a church is to experience true Bible-based revival, the Holy Ghost must be the central figure. Say amen, somebody. He has to be. Glory to God. And so Brother Seymour was a radical because in those times, not many were open to moves of God. There were certain pockets happening around the world. But in America, it wasn't as broad and expensive. And so Brother Seymour got real hungry for God. And long story short, they ended up in a small little house, a building on Azusa Street. It used to be an old church, but the church moved out because the building got kind of dilapidated. So downstairs was a horse staple where you rode your horse in and parked the horses, right? Upstairs was the sanctuary. And so when they left the church, it turned into apartments and turned into a horse stable still. So Brother Seymour said, I want it. It may be run down, but I can do something with this. So the church rented the building to Brother Seymour for a whopping $8 a month. Wouldn't you like to pay $8 a month on your mortgage? Say amen, somebody. Who want $8 a month for your rent? Mr. Soundman, make my microphone do what it did last night. I got to preach for two more. Y'all working me? Come on, somebody. I got to preach for two more services. Amen this week. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, $8 a month, he moved into the building. Because he already started having a prayer meeting at a house nearby. So he had a call upon his life. After one church rejected him, he said, well, I'll start my own. Come on, somebody. Because the move of God will continue with or without you. Please recognize, one monkey don't spoil any show. Amen, somebody. And so, they moved into this building on Azusa Street. And they just simply started doing a few things. And I found out that those few things were the pattern for all other revivals around the world. I personally witnessed and visited a, a revival that took place in our times. Now, I've read about all the others. And you've heard of, you know, ministries having pockets of glory. Where it wasn't really true Bible-based revival as we, as we know it. But it was clear that moves of God has hit certain ministries. But I had a chance to go to Pensacola, Florida back in the 90s. And I got to witness that myself. So our children will read about the Brownsville outpouring. I'm so glad that we took that van, that 15 passenger van, and told the saints that whoever want to come, you better hurry up. The seats are filling up. First come, first serve. We have pregnant women on the bus. Come on, somebody. They were just hungry for God. Took the long drive from Charlotte all the way down to Pensacola, Florida on the Gulf side. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful place. Great place to vacation. Amen. Don't go to Miami. Go to the Gulf. You missing out on half your life going to Miami all the time trying to be hood and thug. Amen, somebody. <laughs> the Florida Gulf is paradise. It's palatial beauty. So down there was a little church called Brownsville Assemblies of God Church. And I heard that God was doing something in that church. And I kept reading about it. I kept seeing things on TV. And I said, well, I want to see for myself. So we went on down there and just like they said, I found the same pattern that necessitates 
Hallelujah. For us to have revival. Glory to God. If you want a move of God, there are certain things you're going to have to yield to. And you know why? Because the devil comes to steal. He comes to kill. And he comes to destroy. So therefore, we put our boundaries up. We set our borders real tight. It's bulwarks in the spirit. Hallelujah. That hedge of protection the Bible talks about. We do certain things to secure the revival. So I saw the souls at the altar. I saw the prayers going forth. It was a phenomenal sight. Hallelujah. But it wasn't really new to me in the sense of I just had to see it. Because I had read about it. That this is what God wants to do. And it's amazing how the father will pick out small towns, unknown places. See, at, at 1906, Los Angeles is not what it is now. See, I go to L.A. a couple times a year. I'm taking a trip in a couple weeks. I got a daughter live there. My sister lives there. So I'm always in L.A. like all the time. Amen? Praise God. Matter of fact, I'm going to the Men in Black premiere. Say that somebody. Don't hate on me. I got tickets to the Men in Black premiere. I get to walk the red carpet saying mess. Y'all don't hate on me. Somebody said God's favorite girl. Hallelujah. But 1906, it wasn't what we see today. Because when I go, we go to, you know, Rodeo Drive. We go to Hollywood. We go all over the place. We go, we go to all the beaches and down Pacific Coast Highway in Malibu. Beautiful place to visit. But it wasn't like that in 1906. And that building did not look like the hotels and buildings look today. You see, the father always seems to find humble places to drop his glory. <laughs> Reminds me of a story that people only talk about at Christmas time. There was a baby that was born in a manger, in a stable. Azusa was in a stable. Christ was born in a stable. Say amen, somebody. So, 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 if you're waiting for God, amen, to quote-unquote blow you up or, you know, whether in your life or your church, your ministry, before something happened, the pattern has been, it's been in unknown places. See, these unsung heroes, people whose names are not in the, in the headlines. Hallelujah. Churches that don't have a whole lot of press, but if you qualify... God has no problem with visiting you with revival. Say, make us hungry. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So at Azusa, like all other revivals, many were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm too old to argue doctrine anymore, Bishop. Isn't it sweet when you get to that point? When you, you get too old to argue scriptures and doctrine, you just do what you want to do. Amen, somebody. You just preach what God tell you to preach. Now, I don't want to argue with people anymore. Come on, somebody. But many don't believe in the baptism. But it's Bible. Amen, somebody. So listen, many were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And at those meetings, they sang and prayed and talked in tongues. Hallelujah. There were always healings and miracles at the revivals. So they were open to healing. They gave room to the Holy Ghost to lay hands on the sick. Hallelujah. They believed that cancers would disappear. There, there are numerous accounts. Matter of fact, I have the book. It's called the Azusa Papers. 
is about this long. And it's testimonies of real living people that were, these were newspaper clippings that someone compiled into a book, huge book. I got that book hidden, tucked away, so nobody won't take it from me. Amen, somebody. And you get drunk in the spirit reading that book. You literally, you literally get drunk. You literally get drunk in the spirit reading that book. So many miracles, so many signs, and so many wonders. So there were miracles, there were healings, there were signs, and there were wonders. Because why? The people were hungry. I said they were hungry. Hunger is a prereq for revival. And you know what I found out? It just takes one hungry person to start the fire. Come on, somebody. I said, just one hungry person can start the fire. And then guess what? Other folk come and watch you burn. Hallelujah. And they jump in the fire too. And then they get on fire. And they get somebody else on fire. And then somebody else gets on fire. And someone else gets on fire. Hallelujah. I just met your neighbor. She was drive, walking down the street with her two kids. I said, hey, girl, what's your name? <laughs> As I was driving up to the church, she said, Shamika, somebody like that. One of them, one of them names with K on the end, you know, Shamika, Nanika, y'all got them Ika's names. It was one of them Ika names. I said, okay, sis. I said, it's a revival right over here at that church. For the next two nights, I'm the preacher. I want you to come and come and get a blessing, girl, because I want her to get on fire, too. Because I was already on fire. I want to spread the fire. I said spread the fire. You should have invited somebody tonight. You got to find folk to bring to the fire. If you really on fire, you're going to fill the backseat of your car. She said, she said, really? I said, yes. Right up the street. I said, what's your name? She told me, her daughter's name, a little baby girl. I said, y'all, come on. I said, guess what? You don't have to dress up. Don't even look at me, honey. You don't have to dress up. I'm on camera. I got to dress up. Say amen, somebody. We got a whole lot of haters out there. Say amen, somebody. Give God a shout of praise. Ain't nobody mad but the devil. Amen. I said, girl, come to church. And I stretched my hand out the window. I said, I sent a blessing over you, your children, your household. I said, baby girl, I'm asking God to bless you financially. If there's anybody in your household need healing, I decree healing power will fall upon your house. Her eyes got real big. She said, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. I said, God loves you. He got a plan for your life. Come to revival. Come and watch some people who are on fire for God. Somebody shout, Lord, make me hungry. Lord, make me hungry. Make me hungry. Revival hit your spirit. You won't sit at church trying to get in somebody else's business. Come on, somebody. You're gonna say, Who can I set on fire today? Lord, lead me to somebody to witness to. Put the spirit of an evangelist on me. You gotta set folk on fire when you caught the fire yourself. Come on, the church girl. God got a plan for your life. Hallelujah. They were on fire. The believers that came to every revival were on fire. And when they left the revival, 
and went back to work or went back to their homes or their communities, people could see the very fire of God upon their lives. They said, what are you doing? What's different about you? Where have you been? They said, come and see. Follow me to the place where the glory is. Come on, somebody. You got to get on fire. If you're not winning souls, you're not fired up enough. Come on, somebody. You should be winning souls. You should be out in the hedges and the highways compelling men to come that his house might be full of glory-filled believers and not just pew warmers. They were hungry at Azusa. They were hungry at the Hebrides Islands. They were hungry in Brownsville. They were hungry at the Smithton outpouring. All over the world, some of the major revivals in Nigeria and Ghana, mighty moves of God, phenomenal healings, creative miracles, hallelujah, glory to God, not just curing headaches, limbs showing up again. You mean you got an amputation and God grew your leg back? Won't he do it? Can he do it? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Somebody say creative miracles, creative miracles. New hearts, new lungs, new kidneys, new everything. A total body makeover by the Holy Ghost. Because the revival has hit the church, the power of God comes flowing throughout the house like a rushing mighty wind. It's a phenomenal glory. It's a phenomenal worship. It's a phenomenal outpouring. Glory to God. Lord, make us hungry. Make us hungry. Make us hungry. Make us hungry. Make us hungry, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. There's been many, Lord, they've been on a spiritual diet. When it should be on a natural diet, they own a spiritual diet. They're not eating enough of you. He said, eat my flesh. Drink my blood. Or you can't have no part of me. You got to eat it all. Come on, somebody. He said, get hungry for him. You eat him, you look like him. Who is you? I get that all the time when I go to stores. Who is you? They don't say who are, they say is. I know what they mean. Who is you? I say, oh, just lay, do a whole bunch of stuff. Amen, somebody. I say, they say, what you do? I say, a bunch of stuff. They be trying to pry me for information. Because the minute I tell you I'm a preacher, you're going to get religious. I want to see the real spirit that's on you. So I can minister effectively. If I tell you I'm Pastor Mercy too soon in the conversation, you're going to get real deep and spiritual fire. Come on, somebody. But they see God on you. When they see God on you and they start questioning you, point them to Christ. Say, baby, ain't nothing but Jesus. All you see is him. This is Jesus. I have a different diet. The meat that I eat, you know not of. Come on, somebody shall make me hungry. Stir up your hunger. Not praying like you should. You need revival. You ought to just wake up every morning and just drop to your knees. Mother Anita Baldwin. Y'all, some of y'all saw me on Facebook. I've been grieving, Bishop, since December. You know, let me tell you something about grief. You can still function in ministry and in your family and still be grieving. Because we are a spirit. See, grief is a work of your soul realm, which is the second dimension. 
which is your emotional realm. You don't let grief travel to your spirit. Because if grief travel to your spirit, it's going to shut you down. Come on, somebody. So my spiritual mother, one of my spiritual mothers, passed away in December. My other spiritual mother, Pastor Barbara Bruton Cameron out of Charlotte, powerful woman of God. She passed away several years ago. And I'm like, I ain't got nobody. The true vessels. So I was in grief. Mother Baldwin was a woman that carried so much glory. And she passed away this last December. I tell you, it was a rough, rough thing. Keep playing. Yeah, I like all that. Come on, somebody. Uh-huh. She carried such a hunger for God. And when you got around her, you got set on fire. And she will always say, folk got to cry out for them, daughter. The problem is they too cute up in church. They got to get ugly for Jesus. So you got to get ugly for him. People that got so dignified in church, you got to say, Lord, make me hungry. Say, make me hungry. Say, make me hungry. Mess up my face and just have me just, just hungry for you, Father. Hunger. Bob was they're too cute in church. You got to get ugly for Jesus. You know you need a breakthrough. You playing around. God wants to quicken you tonight. Come on, somebody. He wants to quicken you. It's called spiritual activations. He want to activate you back to your prayer life. Hallelujah. So when Mother Baldwin taught us about prayer, and I recall I was, you know, I think I always remember stuff by the age of my children because I don't know dates and times. I get stuff mixed up. I, I, I said, what baby I had back then? It was Freddie. That, that's how I remember. That's because you don't forget your kids. Amen, somebody. I said, so I had, because Freddie, he's the oldest one, be 29 July 4th. Amen. And he used to wear a onesie to church. I ain't get him dressed. I, you ain't wearing no suit. I put a onesie on him and some socks and wrapped that joker in a, in a receiving blanket. He come to church. I put him on the floor and we be interceding and praying and stretched out before God about our destiny. And Mother Baldwin say, some of y'all ain't got no prayer life. You are backslidden. That's what Mother would say. I'm not saying it. She said it. Come on, somebody. She said, you're backslidden. She said, this is how you fix it. Mother said, when you get up in the morning, she said, put your house slippers under the bed. Back then, they wore house slippers. She said, put the house slippers under the bed. So when you get up, you got to drop to your knees to pull them from up under the bed. Somebody said, give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. So, 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 so. In our case, put your cell phone under your bed. I bet you find it. I bet you get on your knees. Say amen, somebody. Say, Lord, help me to pray. So number one, they had hunger. Number two, they had prayer. See, prereqs for a move of God, listen now, individually or corporately, it's the same prereq. Because you can have your own Holy Ghost party all by yourself. It's the same prereq. Talk back to me tonight. As a corporate body, I don't know something. God, I'm lost right. We way out somewhere. Somebody need to get healed right now. Who, who need a miracle? Come on. Who need a miracle? Just go ahead and receive. Say, I receive it. Somebody say, I receive it. Because we way out somewhere. We way out somewhere. I said, we way out somewhere. Somebody say, I receive it. I receive it. I receive my miracle. Oh, I receive it. Oh, I receive it. Oh, cancer, go. Leave now. In the name 
cancer, diabetes, flee now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They were hungry. And they were praying people. They went to deep realms of prayer. They didn't come to just pray for themselves. They prayed for God to touch their nation. They prayed for God to touch their ministries, to touch their marriages. Hallelujah. They had prayer going on. When the move of God happens, it must be a hungry people and a praying people. So if you need something in your life, you know you've been dry. Some of y'all are depressed. I know you have bouts of depression. It's high highs and low lows. Revival will cure that. Yeah, say, Lord, make me hungry. Make me hungry. Make me hungry. Make me hungry. And I say, Lord, teach me to pray. You have to have the spirit of prayer on your life, on your ministry, for revival to happen. Hallelujah. So th this was the same operating methods of the Holy Ghost. How he led leaders and bodies of people that knew that something needed to happen. That every time we come together, there should be a dynamic flow of the Holy Ghost. So this is what happens. You are the nucleus. You are the central command station. All the activities are happening through this nucleus. You get on fire for God. I mean, really on fire. You get your prayer life back where it needs to be. You start crying to God, make me hungry. You start reading the Bible every day like you used to. You start being excited to come to church. Come on, somebody. Because what revival now is taking place in your life. You start increasing your personal love walk when revival happens. You start endeavoring to live more holy when revival happens. See, you have to press in for God to change you. Because when God changes you, there is a fresh presence on your life. And this is how other souls come in. You reach out and you witness and you share and you tell of the glory. You say, you know what, last night, somebody got healed of cancer. Last night, a tumor disappeared. Last night, I was delivered from depression. That's the best testimony. The testimony that, that's happened to you, which you have walked in. Somebody give God a shout of praise. I say, give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Say, pour on me, Lord. Pour on me, Lord. A fresh outpouring. Y'all got to talk back, a fresh outpouring. A fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Glory to God. The main element, I saw that to bring you to this moment, of revivals is a ready people. The thing that gets you ready, the person, the entity, the teachings of the Holy Ghost. So when we say the Academy of the Holy Spirit, Glory to God. We are inviting the Spirit of God in, into our midst, into our life, into our church, into our home, into our business at a greater measure because we want to see changes. So at the academy, 
Turn to John 14. Are you there? Are you at John 14? Go to John 14 tonight. Because we want revival. So I've said to you certain prereqs that's required. And what I'm going to hang my hat is on the Holy Ghost. Because quite frankly, if you nail that and work that properly, all the others are going to fall in line. That spirit-filled living, that Holy Ghost reality is what makes the move of God happen. Everything else will follow suit when you become a spirit-filled believer. Hallelujah. Now, many of us in this room tonight have testimony of a time in history where we invited Jesus Christ in our life and a time where we were baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Let me get about 10 hands to say I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, I got about 30, 40 hands. Oh, I like this room. This is a great room. Hallelujah. Who recalls the time that you were filled? Who could testify? If someone were to ask you, what happened when you got filled? Would you know what to say? Who would know what to say? Only two hands went up. And Bishop was one, so he don't count. Amen, somebody. See, you're scared because you think I'm going to call you up. I just might. I just might. Why not? See, we overcome by our testimony. So let me see those hands again. If someone were to ask you what happened on the time you were filled with the Holy Ghost, you could articulate that. Who was that? Who remembered? Well, were you out? You, maybe you was laid out. Who was laid out and didn't remember nothing? Was, you was on the altar. You was flat on your back. And you, you know, you were slain in the spirit. I think y'all just scared. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. You see, everything starts with the Holy Ghost. Every move, every transition should begin with the Holy Ghost. So John 14. John chapter 14 on last night, we were in verse number 16. Thank you, Minister Reeves. Verse number 16. And since it's Friday night, and back in the day, you weren't even dressed yet for the club. I wasn't a big sinner, like, you know, you know, stuff people, other folk be telling the testimony. I'd be like, good dog, Lord Jesus. But I'm a Liberian with my fufu and soup eating stuff, my cassava leaf and rice, my flour sauce and palm butter. You know, I'm a Liberian by nationality, but my mother put a Liberian girl in a motor city. So that's double party spirit. That's a double party spirit. Bishop, no one can party like Liberians. Am I telling the truth? I promise you, you have not lived until you've been to a Liberian wedding, a Liberian anything. A baby shower is from, from 10 p.m. all the way to 6 in the morning. A baby shower. Baby done went to sleep and everything. We're still at the house. Mama wake up in the morning and cook breakfast for the guests. 
You ain't parted till you got around some Liberians. So my big sin was partying. Didn't drink, didn't do drugs, none of that foolishness. Wasn't running around with no men. Come on, somebody. But child, Detroit too? The Motor City? We had our own DJ named Mojo. And right about 10 o'clock at night, he played this thing called The Quiet Storm. Reunited, cause it fit. You ain't, you wasn't around the 80s. I'm an 80s baby, right? You see? So that was my thing. But many had these huge, wild testimonies. And regardless of how bad your testimony was or is, don't you know that if you allow God access into your life, into your spirit, into your soul, into your body, he will take a rank sinner, revive you thoroughly, turn your whole life around, and use you for his glory. Won't he do it? People think God only uses people who don't have a bad testimony. The worst testimony is never having known Jesus. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? So during this revival, believe God for radical life transformation. Somebody say radical. Say radical. Life transformation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's by the Holy Ghost that these things occur. So, so never discount anyone. You don't know who God is going to use next. In revival, he picks people and drops his presence on. So in John 14, we started this thing off last night. And I'm not going to do a full review. I'm not going to even do a, a minor review. But I'm going to read this verse to bring us into verse 17 is where I'm headed for a few brief moments. Verse 16 says, and I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. We talked about that last night. What did we say if you were listening, students? The word another is what in the Greek? Oh, you were, it was what? Now the Sunday school teacher said it. He way in the back. I heard, his, I heard Mr. Brother back there. Alos. And we said that there's another word that's called heteros. When you see the word another in scripture, it's either heteros or it's either alos. Greek words. The word heteros means one of a different kind. That means here is male and here is female, so heterosexual, right? You heard that term, right? Amen. But that's not the word that Jesus used in this verse. He used the word alos, which means one of the same kind. I'm going to send you another comforter. There's a strong, God wants, you know what, when this happens to me and the Lord interrupts my preaching, somebody in here getting a miracle tonight. It's usually either financial or it's healing. It happens to me all the time. It's just, it's, he interrupts and I see a miracle manifest. Say, I receive it, Lord. Somebody say, I receive it, Lord. I receive it in Jesus' name. Good God from Zion. Hallelujah. 
He'll give you another comforter, alos. The word comforter we said in the Greek is what? What is comfort in the Greek? Para? Para who? Parakletos. Hallelujah. And we split the word paraclete up. Para means, what does it mean? I love y'all. Y'all some good students, right? At academy. We in the academy. You got to learn this. I don't come and just preach at you. I want you to retain it. See, right? So I won't know you retain it, but I don't ask you questions. So para means do what? Walk beside. See, someone that's with you. He is like your partner for life. Kletos means to do what? To call out. So you have someone that's assigned to you to walk alongside you and call out things that's going to help your life. And we said that he is a coach. That you have a personal coach in the person of the Holy Spirit. How he will teach you things. He will instruct you and he, yes, will educate you. Now, go down to verse 17. It says, for even the spirit of truth. Now he calls him, this same comforter, he's giving him another title. You are, you're already paraclete, which is basically all-inclusive. Counselor, standby, intercessor, help, coach, all of that is wrapped up in paraclete. This is who you have walking with you throughout the course of your entire life. And we said last night, the only problem is many are not aware of whom they have. See, people are great for taking someone for granted. They assume you're just going to be there all the time. My baby brother has a church in Detroit he used to, he used to go to. Somebody say used to. Yeah, he, my baby brother is a great church member. He was pastor's armor bearer. You know, he crazy though, but he, he does a whole lot of good stuff. He crazy though, but he does a whole, he crazy though, but he does a whole lot of good stuff in the kingdom. Just don't follow him on no social media. You won't think he's saved. Amen, somebody. But anyway, so his pastor was a planted pastor. Been pastor for many, many years. When I go home, I say, hey, how pastor? Oh, pastor, bless. We about to travel over here. We're doing this. I just set the whole sound system up. I rewired the whole church. He has a lot of talents and gifts, my brother does. He does everything for free in the house. He wired his, the whole church because he has this technology brain. Put the speakers up everywhere, microphones running this way, that way. Amen. If the plumbing break, my brother fixes it. If the electrical break, he fixes it. Just a gold member in the church. So he just, he just part of the furniture. He says... Call me one day, he said, Merce. That's what he calls me, Merce. Merce. And this is how he talks. Man. <laughs> That's him. Cool as that. Man, I said, what? Pastor done told us this is last Sunday. I said, what's brother? I hope you got all the anointing he been dishing out all these years. Apparently, God has reassigned him. I hope you were listening. I hope you were humble. I hope you didn't give him no trouble. And while he was teaching, you did not take the man of God for granted. When you are a servant of Christ, God can change assignments. Yes, he can. 
The servant belongs to God. Oh, I know folk don't like this, first lady. So he was so upset, he said, he said man, that's my dog. <laughs> I said, well, your dog is going to wherever state he's going to. Because someone hired him to be missions director over this, this, that. He had a heart for overseas. He had an international vision. See? Don't get scared. Bishop ain't leaving y'all. Come on, somebody. <laughs> if he was, I'd be the one to tell y'all to break, break the bad news to you. I could do it really very well. <laughs> right? Right? You see? So my point in, in making that story was this. People don't know what they have until it's gone. And so he said, man, now we got to be trying out these pastors and stuff. So they had several come in, you know, testing. I was like, well, how is it going? Man. <laughs> See, he didn't realize what he had. Never take your shepherd for granted. I'm a guest speaker, and I don't know nothing about this church. I know nothing. No one told me anything. I barely know how to get here. Amen, somebody. Still be getting lost. This is my third visit. I'm still getting lost. Some Liberty Road and Congress Road and all these burn Hill Road. Everybody road. But hear, hear the woman of God tonight. Never take your shepherd for granted. Many are clueless as to who they have beside them. Or, or, or in the case of a, a five-fold, who's beside your spirit? You don't know until the guest speaker come in to pass you for four or five weeks. You'd be like, man. See? The Holy Ghost, I said last night, is in fact, sister, the ignored member of the Godhead. Sadly so. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not knowing who we have beside us. So verse 17 is very interesting. Many, many jewels in verse 17. He says here, even the spirit of truth, we'll get back to that spirit of truth point. Whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him. Somebody say him. He's using a personal pronoun. To describe the Holy Ghost. He didn't say it. We don't call the Holy Ghost it. Jesus never referred to the Holy Ghost as an it. So if you've been saying it came on me, say he came on me. Hallelujah. Personal pronoun. Because the Holy Ghost is a person. He is a divine person. He is not a feeling. Now, it's like, you know, if your wife is here, or if you're married, your spouse should give you feelings, right? It should. Shondo, every now and then. If not, get some gasoline like that sucker on fire. Come on, somebody. You should have some kind of feely willies every now and then when you're married, right? Your spouse walk alongside you. And every now and then you get some feelings, right? Just the same with the Holy Ghost. Every now and then, I'll get some feelings. But every married person will say tonight, 
that our relationship is not based upon the feeling. We have a covenant. Come on, somebody. We have a bond that cannot be broken. So the Holy Ghost has been minimized in the minds of so many religious circles as something to make you shout or make you feel good. So, so they'll leave a revival first lady and they'll say, whoo, we had a high time. And that's all they want is a high time. Because why? We come looking for a feeling. He is not a feeling. He is not an emotion. He is not a shout, black people. Come on, somebody. Talk back to me tonight. He is not your favorite song. The Holy Ghost is a divine person. And he must be recognized. He must be acknowledged. And he must be properly reverenced and honored. If you're not ignoring your spouse, you should not be ignoring the Holy Ghost. He is a divine person. And so when you start seeing him as a person, your, your intimacy level with the Holy Ghost intensifies. Your, your walk is different when you see him as a person because now I'm not in fellowship with a thing or some emotion or some ecstatic experience. He is not even tongues. Some of the most, de start my car, Lynn. Some of the most devilish folk I know speak in tongues. Amen, somebody. Say, look the other way to look straight ahead if it's you. Amen, somebody. Some of the most devilish people I know speak in tongues. I don't know where they get them tongues from. There's all kind of tongues out there. So the Holy Spirit is not tongues. That's a sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. When it comes to indwell believers, hallelujah, there will be an evidence or proof that he's in you. And so the manifestation of tongues, according to Acts, the second chapter, and not just Acts chapter 2, all throughout the book of Acts, and they spake in tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Say amen, some. Paul said, I speak with tongues more than all of y'all. And, and what kind of anointing did Paul walk in? What kind of glory did Paul walk in? And you reject tongues? See, see, not this place, but whoever's listening via social media. I know, and if you write something dumb in my comment, I'm going to ignore you and block you and do all that good stuff. We, you know, we love blocking folk, don't we, when they talk stupid? Amen, somebody. You talk about the Holy Ghost, you are permanently blocked. That's blasphemy. It's best to shut your mouth. If you don't like what I'm saying, do not talk against the Holy Ghost. You will not dishonor him on my watch. See, social media has emboldened demons. You don't irreverence the Holy Ghost. If you don't agree, be quiet. You'll get your soul in some trouble that you can't come out of. You don't touch the Holy Ghost. Blasphemy against him is a dangerous thing. Tongues is scriptural. But tongues is not the Holy Ghost. Your spiritual gift is not the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Your anointing 
is not the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Woo! Kick over all these cows, sacred cows. Right? The Holy Ghost is a divine person. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, grieve not the Spirit of God because why? He can feel. If he was an it, he couldn't feel. He's a person. So Jesus said, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, verse 17, because it seeth him not, him, 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 neither knoweth him, personal pronoun again, him not, but ye know him. There's a pronoun again. For he, there it is again, dwelleth with you, para, with, alongside, and shall be in you. So you are thoroughly packaged for destiny and life if you acknowledge and pay proper, proper homage and respect to the presence of the Holy Ghost on your life and by your side. See, you don't want to be self-sufficient. I'm a self-made man. I'm scared of you because you ain't done a good job at all, at all. What is a self-made man? That's a scary person. Self-made? That should never come out of the mouth of a born-again believer. Because it's unscriptural. It's unbiblical. You're not telling the truth. It's impossible for you to be self-made. Number one, you didn't save yourself. If you're born again, Christ is in you. Holy Ghost comes to indwell and fill you. Then he says, I'm better. I'm walking with you throughout life telling you what to do. It's like the hashtag. I tell my girls to come to coaching class. I said, don't act like you came in my class looking like that. You didn't, please, I got, I got before pictures of all of them Negroes. Come on, somebody. All of my clients, I got before pictures. Be acting like they've been, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't make yourself look like that. You had a beauty coach. Lord have mercy. You ain't got to like me tonight. Talk back to me. That's the same context. It, it happens in the natural as well as in the spirit. They come to your church bishop. You train them. You teach them. You educate them. They get filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. They start living holy. They get their first real job under you. They learn a few verses and then act like they got it all by themselves. Ungrateful. Give credit where credit is due. There is some natural credit you have to give people in your life. Oh, yeah. Don't act like you have it together. No. No, sir. So in our life, totality of our life, the pedoclete, he is our master coach for life. I got a spiritual daughter, and she'll mind me telling me, she's Lives in L.A. She's been in my home. She's doing like Liberians do. When Liberians come visit, they don't know when to go home. <laughs> That's true. Isn't that true, my brother? Isn't that true? They come to your house. I come here to stay a small time with you. Small time turn with two months. <laughs> I just come here for a small time. Growing up, it was always somebody on our couch. I said, who is that? 
So my spiritual daughter came down for one assignment because she loves me. She had to help me do something, right? But as things progress, now she has the kind of job she can do online, so she's not unemployed. She, she, she work on stuff, right? Because so she, she got bills to pay, right? So she's been here since January. <laughs> but it was a Holy Ghost setup because she's staying in my upper room. Every room in the house anointed. Come on, somebody. Every room got power. Every room got glory. So while she's been there, she's getting free coaching daily. Spirit, soul, and body coaching. Come on, and I got me a driver. Say amen, somebody. Isn't Jesus wonderful? I ain't going to teach you and drive for you. Say amen, somebody. See, 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 see. One, that's the long cider. She getting all the goods. She getting all the, see, let me tell you something. The side note, side, somebody say side note. I'm coming back to the paraclete. When there are anointed people in your life, it's a blessing to even sit in Bishop's back seat. Hear me good. You full of yourself, you missing out on half your life. It's a blessing to be in any place he is because he's carrying glory. A man on assignment. Don't get familiar. Receive of that deposit. He may say, come run to 7-Eleven with me. Come go up here to CVS or Walgreens. Yes, Bishop, you jump in that car. He can talk five minutes. It'll change your life. Say amen, somebody. Somebody give God a shot of praise. Pat up. <laughs> people that's assigned to walk alongside you throughout life. See? So, if you're blessed like Chantel, you get to live with God's daughter, God's favorite daughter for a few months. So, all the deposits, all the revelation, all the stirrings of my spirit, all the things I'm perusing and working on in the Holy Ghost. I said, Chantel, what check this out. And she, and I'm pouring it out. She said, oh, that's good, Pastor. That's good. Hallelujah. You may not be able to come to my house, because this, this is the point I was going to give you. To have access to anointed people, you must be anointed to close your mouth. Let the church say amen. amen. Let the church say amen. amen. Never grieve an anointed person or you lose access. It's scripture. You know why? Because the Holy Ghost said don't grieve him. You grieve him, he lifts off of you. And when you get yourself together, he comes back. See? So she got access because she closes her mouth. She's not in my business. She don't, I can rebuke her. She don't even talk back. Say amen. She better not. How about Sunday? He condemned it on both sides. my bow tie. Who done stole my Honda? Amen, somebody. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm a mama. I'm a spiritual mother. See, I'm a spiritual mother. I'm trying to get something to you. Even when I'm wrong, I'm right. 
Somewhere in there, there's a lesson. Oh, glory to God. You have not many fathers or mothers. So you have a real person partnering with you for life. You can fellowship with and have intimacy with. And then Jesus said, verse 17, he is the spirit of truth, Tony. Okay? And so for, just for a few more moments, this is what, this is what I want to hang on. We're going to come back tomorrow night too. The spirit of truth. It's important to know this attribute of the Holy Spirit. I have revealed him to you as para, cleat. He walks alongside. He calls out. He instructs. He coaches us. Okay? Also said that he is allos. He is just like Jesus. The anointing that's on Jesus is on the Holy Ghost. So this peta, I feel God in this place. This peta that's walking with you is the very spirit of Christ. Adonai, the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. Prince of peace, mighty God, the everlasting Father, wonderful counselor. Hallelujah. He's walking alongside you now. So Jesus then further reveals the nature of the Holy Ghost. He calls him, this person that's walking with you through our life, this person is the spirit of truth. That means you can trust him. If someone is assigned to your life, you must be able to trust them. That what they're telling you is coming from a pure place. Their motives are pure. He said he is the spirit of truth. He won't deceive you. He won't mislead you. He won't manipulate you. He won't sabotage you. He won't harm you or lead you in a false way. He is the spirit of truth. So you, you partner me with this person. I need to know his character. See, y'all be marrying for who lied to you while you dating. <laughs> Pinocchio. No so long. Come on, somebody. You a liar in the dating process. How am I going to walk alongside you for the rest of my life? I'm stuck with a liar. And folk lie when the truth works okay. We all got issues. You can tell the truth. We all have issues. Right? He says, no, no, no. I'm not partnering you with a liar. He's the spirit of truth. He won't deceive you like some people do. They say, like a car dealer, trust me, ma'am, trust me. When I go buy a car, they say, trust me, I walk out the door. I leave right away. If you ever go to a car dealer and they say, trust me, get your pocketbook, your briefcase, your wallet, your phone, and leave right away. Listen, leave out. Why well, I got to trust you? Just crunch the numbers. Where does trust come in? Amen, somebody. The Holy Ghost 
Jesus says he's already the spirit of truth. That's who he is. He won't have to convince you of who he is. So I'm giving you this discourse right now. I'm showing you who he is so that when he comes on the day of Pentecost, and in our day, on the time you say yes to him, he comes into your life, you in fact receive the spirit of truth in a lying culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. You must be in partnership with the spirit of truth. That'll be the only way your discernment will increase. It's not like, Lord, give me discernment. You need to walk with the Holy Ghost. He is discernment. He increases discernment on your life because why? He's the spirit of truth. Ever been somewhere you're like, something about this don't sound right? Because the Holy Ghost saying, he lying. She lying. It's not true. The spirit of truth. Father, we bless you on tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He acts according to truth. He lives in reality and in facts. He does not deal in the realm of hypothesis and guesses. He operates in the realm of exactness. He's a precise spirit. That's why he's the spirit of truth. Hallelujah. He's not dubious nor is he double-minded. He lives and operates in truth. Hallelujah. He does not give in to human reasoning. He's a supernatural force that comes in your life to get you on the right track. Hallelujah. His truth brings us into personal excellence. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we say, Lord, make our church excellent. Make my home excellent. We pray that prayer. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of excellence. So, so when you invite the spirit of truth in your ministry, he'll say, no, 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 you don't do it that way. So usually when I show up at any behind the scenes, anything, anything my church do, if I show up, I'm, I'm changing something. Because why? We're in tune with the spirit of truth. That's not the way you do that. That's tacky. You just threw that thing together. Come on, somebody. The spirit of truth, he doesn't lie and cover up. He don't stuff things under the bed. He pulls them out and deals with it. Because I want to get to core issues. Because I'm moving you into personal advancement. Come on, somebody. Somebody said a spirit of truth. No falsehood. No pretense. No deceit. Within the spirit of truth. So, so okay, now, this is your partner for life. So, so you've been lied to. They write them songs. I've been lied on. Cheated. Mistreated. Ain't got no friends. Why y'all write songs like that? My thing is, lie all you want. I'm anointed by the spirit of truth. Your lie gonna hit the ceiling and hit the floor. Come on, somebody. Praise God. He is the spirit of truth. Now, quickly, John 16. Oh, glory to God. See, you still just be getting dressed. All the clubbers know it's 908. You still would just be putting your clothes on, going to the club. I know that because I've been there. You will still right now just be getting dressed. So just be still and know that he's God. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Say, Lord, make me hungry. Make me hungry. Make me hungry. Make me hungry. Yes. Set a church on fire. Set a city ablaze. Set a town on fire for the Lord. Make me hungry. So tomorrow, for tomorrow, go invite like five people. I don't care if they're 99 years old on a cane. Write it on a piece of paper. We'll do whatever you got to do. Get us, print out some flyers. Print off the thing on Facebook. And say, come, there's a fire happening. When you're hungry, you got to set everyone else on fire. Hallelujah. Let's read John 16, 13 so y'all can. No, y'all ain't going home right now, but let me just. Somebody said the Academy, the Academy of the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. John 16 and 13. So we know Alos. We know Paracletes. We know the spirit of truth. No lie, no deceit in him. So now he's further revealing and exposing this Lord. You know, when you meet someone, you want to know all about them. Isn't it something how you can be friends with someone for years and years and you realize you didn't know them? Say, where'd that come from? It's called being blindsided. So Jesus didn't want us blindsided. He said, I'm going to reveal the Spirit of God unto you. Hence the need for the Academy of the Holy Spirit. Because in most church settings, they just limit him to our church experience. See? Oh, yeah, that's a spirit-filled church. Well, how do you know? Because we had a good, we have good services. Just because a church has good music and good singing and good musicians and good preaching does not mean it's a spirit-filled church. A church that's yielded to the person, come on, I said the person of the Holy Ghost is a spirit-filled church. So, so in other words, whatever you want, Lord. What, however you want to come, whatever you want to do. At Azusa, there was no benediction. They just stopped. That's how I do. I just kind of stop. The services ran one to another. They had kids that were 13 years old prophesying, laying hands, working miracles. They would pass the mic to 16-year-olds, would lead the whole prayer service. Because the fire of God was in the place. A spirit-filled church is a church that is yielded to the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. John 16, 13 says, how be it, read, how be it? When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Now, I only have three nights, so I can't give, it's so, I have so many attributes of the Holy Spirit. My curriculum is, is inexhaustible. It's, it's, it's too much. So I just kind of pick out the ones that I sense the Holy Ghost leads me to in certain settings, right? So we can't do it all, but so I've given you a few, but I want to end tonight on this point where it says that he will guide you because it all kind of flows together, okay? First, 
revealed his nature and who he is and his purpose, what he comes to do. He's para. He walks alongside you. And what he's doing? He's calling out things. He's my master coach. So you're a businesswoman. You're a career woman. You're a wife. You're a businessman. You are a minister. You're a deacon. Whatever your spiritual assignment is or your spiritual occupation is, the Holy Spirit is required by God to walk alongside you. Come on, somebody. Right? So, he's doing that. Then Jesus says, because I've said for him to walk alongside you, I have to convince you that you can trust him. So, he is the spirit of truth. Okay? So, you don't have a liar or deceitful person walking with you. Now he says, because we have established all of that, and because my name is Jesus, and I tell no lie, I am of the truth. Matter of fact, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If I tell you something, you can hang your entire life on it. The spirit of truth. Hallelujah. He's coming into your life. And that's important because I'm going to need him to guide you. To lead you. You got somebody guiding you through our life? That requires tremendous amounts of trust. Come on, it's like children. Our kids kind of just naturally trust us. So if Jules gets in the car with me and I just say, come on, Jules, it's a ride. She's never concerned, oh, what's she going to do? Oh, I don't know what she's going to do. Now, we're nervous. When we get inside an Uber and a Lyft, we think, and I hope that boy ain't crazy. Who think that when you get an Uber? Who, 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 whoever had that thought? Whoever rode an Uber or a Lyft before? You, in your mind, you're thinking, and, and Chantel and I was in a lift recently, and the girl was talking too much. So I said, I said, take the next exit, baby. She didn't even know what I was doing. She said, oh, I thought she was going up. I said, no, just, and she was talking kind of around in circles. I said, oh, I ain't got time for crazy today. I said, baby, the next, no, I thought you said, shimmy, shimmy, bang, bang, get off the exit. So she, she so <laughs> she just, remember Chantel? And we were like, what, she talking too much? I said, exit 28, right there, get off. Take me right to that store. We got out in the pouring down rain, out of the Uber. Look, probably 20 miles from our destination. On the wrong side of town because she was talking too much. It didn't feel good to ride with her. Say amen, somebody. She was a little bit local. Amen, somebody. So if somebody guiding, you got to trust them. We didn't trust her. Yeah, she got the will. I would have wore her head out. Had she, I had a plan, y'all. Pray for me. Pray, pray for me. Pray for me. Y'all praying. Y'all praying. Y'all praying for me. Are y'all praying for me? Y'all praying. I would have been like, stop this dog, go, car. I would have tore her head up. Come on, somebody. And I, and I ain't never been in a fight in my life. I would have fought that day. Amen, somebody. I would have tore the back of her head up. You better stop this dog, on car. I would have had in the head like, stop the car right now. You act like, <laughs> You get it, first lady. My point is. You know, let me tell you, you know you're a seasoned preacher where you can joke and come right back to your teaching. See, a young preacher can't do this. Don't try this at home, young preacher. You can't joke. You won't. You'll be lost. Come on, somebody. So, Jesus says, he is your guide. I'm going to jump in the car with the Holy Ghost and trust him to drive. 
I have to reveal him to you as truth. You can rest. When he says something to you, you can put your whole life on it. He will guide you into all the truth. No lie. Now, Jesus, you said he's truth and he's going to guide me. But how do I know if he's guiding me? That's how we mess up. Okay, I accept the fact that he's with me. Para, Cleto's calling out. I accept the fact that he's truth. Yeah, he is the truth. You said it. I believe it, Jesus. Now you said he's going to guide me. Well, how am I going to know what, to, what am I hearing? Because he's not speaking audibly. It's not like Chantel has Pastor Mercy and says, well, how did you say, do that again, Pastor Mercy? How did you say? She has an audible voice. But the Holy Ghost, he's not speaking to you audibly. And this is why you need to keep yourself in the word and keep yourself in church and keep yourself in prayer so that your spirit man can be sharpened that you can know when he's leading you or when he's guiding you. Many are leading themselves. He will guide us into all truth. Our spiritual guide throughout the course of our life. Write down Romans 8, 14. So I can come back tomorrow and do session three. This is the Academy of the Holy Spirit. Y'all may shout tomorrow. I'm sorry, it's Friday night. You may shout tomorrow. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, y'all shouted during praise and worship. That was enough. Amen, somebody. Write down Romans 8, 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. Proof that you are son of God is that you are, your life is being led by the Spirit of God. This is important teaching, y'all. This is critical for your life. Critical, critical. Two more minutes. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So Jesus, you say he will be my guide. Yeah, and now you said in Romans that the Spirit of God, he leads sons of God. Now turn to Proverbs 20, 27. I want you to see this for you with your own eyes. Proverbs 20, 27. If I'm a son of God and I'm being led by the Spirit of God, how does this occur? Critical lesson for, for believers. Proverbs 20 and 27 says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Your spirit man is what the Holy Ghost going to lead you by. You're not waiting for a voice. You're not waiting for a prophecy. Let me stop right there. You are not led by prophecy primarily. I know, I, know, I, I done lost about 100 viewers already. See? The Bible never, ever in the New Testament called us to be led by prophecy. Prophecy at best is a confirmation 
of what the Holy Ghost has already deposited. Talk back to me tonight. You don't need no prophet telling you what color car to buy. Or it's your season to buy a house. You can't pay your rent. How are you going to tell you to buy a house? Say amen, somebody. Prophets have messed a lot of people up. But it's not the prophet fault. It's your fault. Because the Bible says you should be led by the Spirit of God. And your own spirit is the candle, is the lamp of the Lord. God reveals his will to your spirit first. Talk back to me. Hallelujah. I had a prophet tell me when I was in my 20s, he said, well, no, it's not your season to be married. It's your season to, to, to just, you know, do the work of God. I said, the devil is a lie. I wasn't studying him. I said, I'm not going to be like Sister Fufu in the church. She's 35, never had one baby, no husband. The devil is, talk back to me. I, I promise you, that prophet tried to tell me, yes, Bishop, I'm 21, 22. I'm very fertile, honey, and fine. Fertile and fine, honey. I fertile and fine. I'm telling me what my season is. I looked at that man. You done lost your rabbit mind. I tell you what, I'm going to marry Jones. Amen, somebody. I'm going to get myself eyes married now. I'm going to get me a husband and have me some babies. I'm tired. Come on, somebody. Had I listened to that man, woman of God, my firstborn son, Freddie, would not be here. I got five babies in the covenant of marriage. I ain't married now. I'm single. Send them Jesus. I think it's I think he already looking at me. Shambo Garabosaya. Talk to him, Jesus. With his fine self. Talk to him, Lord. Talk to that man of God, Jesus. Hatobo Shande. I'm putting it out there. It's revival time. Revive a ring for me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Won't he do it? I said, the devil is a liar. You're not led by no prophecy. If somebody gives you a word, you take that word and you just put it on the shelf. And you may come back to it. But you don't get, let that thing trouble you. If it just does not agree with your spirit, it didn't agree with my spirit. In proof, it did not agree and it was off. Because a lot of them girls that heard the prophet, they was 35 and 40. Your eggs then died. We got to raise them up in Jesus' name. We got to perform a miracle. And y'all girls get married. I'm going to wait. You better hurt me have some kids. You're going to be old and by yourself. Y'all ain't got to like me no more. We just going to stay married for three years. And then you keep fooling around. Your, all your eggs going to die. I know they don't like this tonight. You're not led by no prophet. No. And let, let, let me say this. And, and see, now, now, Lynn, start the car. You might have to get a backup car to take me across town after I say this. Many so-called prophets, I'm going to stop because I'm going to pick this up tomorrow because I can't do this justice right now. This is the school. Really, my schools run six weeks. <laughs> they're, they're long, right? So, so I'm doing my best to condense, okay? I'm, I'm not near finished even touching this verse. But let me say this. Then, then we'll stop. I'll, I'll let y'all. Can we stop, Bishop? I want to be obedient, sir. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
a lot of prophets out there, if you're listening, you know you're lying. This revival. And I'm not trying to be mean, y'all. I'm really not trying to be mean. But, but it's, it's sickening. It's sickening. You know you're lying. And why is it after every prophecy you lift an offering with your, with your broke self? Every prophecy, you got a, a fancy offering attached to it. And you know what, bruh? Every time Jesus dropped a heavy nugget, he fed people. He healed people. He set them free. Why are you taking from the people of God? Y'all ain't got to like me tonight. You're doing ministry like Simon the Sorcerer. Come on, somebody. You're doing it for gain and increase. And you're deceiving God's people. You're getting them trained to your voice and not the voice of the Holy Ghost. When God has trained them and told them in his word that you will be led by the spirit of God, not by no prophet. Somebody give God a shot of praise. They ought to be going to Capitol Hill and prophesying. You ought to be prophesying to some witch doctors. Instead of the baby sheep in the church, raping the sheep. You don't rape the sheep. Now, I believe in giving a minister offering you're supposed to. Because gas is not free. Come on, somebody. Dry cleaning ain't free. Amen? But, but it's, it's a shame, though, that you call a line, an altar call. This is, this is the Academy of the Holy Spirit. We're telling the truth in here. Come on. Spirit of truth reigns here. You call an altar call. You get all these bleeding, hurting people at the altar. It makes me want to cry, y'all. It's, it's sickening. See, number one, you can make money out in the, in the marketplace. Why you got to pimp the saints? This stuff is not the Holy Ghost. And listen, believers, you got to be educated and intelligent when you go to various places, all these conventions. You better be educated. You better have your spirit man turned on to know what's God and what's not God. Hey, altar call. And got all them sweet little saints at the altar. Hung up, broke, depressed, and they know exactly what to say to them. I hear the Lord saying this, and I hear the Lord saying that, and I hear the Lord saying the other. Listen, believers, you got to learn to hear God for yourself. You're capable of hearing God. And what happens? They bring them up, and they get them all crying and emotional. They send them back to their seat. They said, turn with me to... Isaiah 56, 54 and 2, the Lord says there's 100 people in here with $542. The Holy Ghost did not say that. The beautiful part is they ain't got to invite me to preach their church because I already got a church. I come from wealth. We're not broke people. Say amen, somebody. You can't, you can't, you can't manipulate me. I'm going to tell the truth. It's a shame. So when the Lord birthed this vision for the academy in my spirit, I said, Lord, help me to educate the believers. I'm going to do my little small part to educate believers. Y'all got to get smarter, saints. The Holy Ghost is going to say, turn it, Isaiah 54 and 2. And the Holy Ghost said, everyone give $542. I, I just, you know what I'll do, Elder Bible? I'll say, you know what, y'all? Uh, man, we, 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 
got to pay this guest speaker. We got to pay for the, the hotel. We got to pay for this. And that thing costs about two Gs. And all we got is, 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 is $200. We need $1,800. I'd rather tell the truth. I'd rather tell the truth and say, we need $1,800. As opposed to lying and saying to you, the Lord said Isaiah 54 and 2. That's a lie. God did not say that. Jesus didn't take. He gave. So, so you're going to be an intelligent and educated and even smarter than you are now. No point bringing a preacher if you don't leave better. Are y'all hearing me tonight? See, that, see, that's love. That's why the Bible says you have not many fathers. And I'm, I'm just echoing the bishop. I'm just echoing him. Come on, somebody. This is no new sound to y'all house. He don't like foolishness either. Amen. So, am I telling the truth? It's foolishness. It's foolishness. And so many people that call themselves prophets, and I, I need to add a, uh, an addendum to my school, that one of my uh, chapters, and, and put in there what pure prophecy is and what it's not. I may help some people who call themselves prophets, and you messing folk up. You need to train people how to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost for themselves. You're able to do that. You can do that. I made my five children do that. I said, no, no, no. Go pray and let God show you what you're called to do. Well, I don't know. Go back and pray some more. I'm not telling you what you're called to do. You are able to hear God. Look at your natural gifts. Look at your natural talents. God gives you clues as to who you are. Now go pray. You are able to hear your spirit. They try to put me in medicine. Someone said to me years ago, that before I started preaching, that you're going to be, yeah, the Lord said, I see you in the medical field. I said, you ain't seeing me because I hate blood and pee. Amen, somebody. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to. You, you, it's time to go. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another. <laughs> I said, you, you see what I'm saying? That kind of foolishness. That kind of foolishness first. It's foolishness. I got one more night to try to finish this part. But, but you see what I'm, you see, you see why the passion is so strong to teach this? And why I wasn't really concerned with us running and shouting from the chandeliers? Because what's going to happen, it, it, what's happening right now is called spiritual surgery. He's unworking foolishness. And I made some folk mad tonight because that's how they pay their bills, by lying to folk. That's how the bills are paid. They go and rape, uh, they, they put a revival up, rape the saints, and go buy a new car. Rape the saints and pay the rent for a few months. It's a, this stuff got to stop. We need Christians trained to hear God. Because you know what happened? We'll have real revival. We'll have real revival because what? You guys be winning souls left and right. You'll be winning souls because you'll hear God say, you ain't told your co-worker about Jesus yet. Father, my prayer is that they be trained by the Holy Ghost. Their spirit man being the candle of the Lord. In one translation says a light. Another says is the lantern. The Jubilee Bible says it's the fire of the Lord. I love that translation. Hallelujah. So my spirit is that illuminating force that searches all the inward parts of my belly. And you know what happens? The will of God comes to the surface when you trust your own spirit. 
The world calls it intuition. They got more sense than the church. The world says intuition. And, and they're saying the same thing, but they, they're not giving God the credit. But they're saying, trust secular humanists, you know, the New Agers. They'll say, trust your intuition. Just go with what you sense on the inside. They say that all the time. They got more sense than the church. No, the prophets say, hear the man of God. Hear the woman of God. The Lord said, by this time next year, you'll have a new house. The Lord said, no, 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 no. You better listen to your own spirit. Now, we do prophesy. I prophesy. I have a strong prophetic anointing on my life. But we know how to use it. And we don't use it to manipulate people. And we don't call ourselves no prophet when we're not. I'm nobody's prophet. I just have an anointing at times, at times. I say at times to prophesy. Are y'all hearing me on tonight? The Holy Spirit, he is a faithful guide. He is the, oh, I'm gonna, I, got, I got tears. I'm crying for saints, Lord. They be getting messed up. Man, these ministers be jacking folk up. These ministers, they got to stop this. They just be lying and lying. I've gone to places, I just, I said, Lord, he's lying. He's lying. This is not true. Lord Jesus, don't do God's people like that. Y'all got to stop this. Lord Jesus, Lord, we got to stand before the porch and the altar and cry out for the church. Cry out for the church. Father, heal the deception. Heal the lies. Oh, Father, let him that stole steal no more. Open the very eyes of the understanding of your people, God, that they might know the hope of your calling and what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us, was, oh God. Let them know that they're seated together with Jesus in the heavenly places, far above principalities and powers, oh God. Alert them, oh God, the greater one lives on the inside of them. And they're able to hear your voice. And the voice of a stranger they will not hearken unto. That they can trust their insides. That you're the faithful God and you're the leader. And you love them with an everlasting love. You're a good shepherd. Oh, Father, you said the hireling comes to rape the sheep. The wolf comes to destroy the sheep. But, Father, you are the great shepherd. I love you, Lord, and you love us even more, and I thank you. You've shown your love to your people these two nights, oh God. Oh God, you're quickening them in their inner man, Lord. They'll know you for real. And every deceiver will be shut down in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, for your glory. Let the wolves be exposed, oh God. Oh, Father, protect the baby Christians that are discouraged tonight because of the foolishness of the church. Oh, God, for the sinner that does not want to go because they see all the game that's being run, oh God. I pray, Father, tonight in Jesus' name that you revive us first, oh God. Then revive everyone that's listening, oh God. Let them fall out and cry out for repentance to God. Oh, God, let your glory be seen. I'm asking for five minutes. You can come out your seats and hit the altar. Five minutes. Whoever want to come, just, just touch the altar. Just come put your foot on the altar and lift your hands. Just a few of y'all. Come on. As a show of prayer. Oh, Father, for your glory. Now take a few minutes and cry out for the church. Cry out for revival. Cry out that deception. All the deception that's being seen in the church.